You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. What kind of friends? Oh, is this the before the after the show? Yeah, what kind of friends were they? Fair weather friends. Sounds like something from a 1950s sitcom. Hey, brother, you are with a friend. Yes, just talking that in life, you know, you sometimes, as if you listen last week, we had a terrible thing in our family. A young cousin was killed and another in the hospital with a bad head injury, and we won't go into it any further except to say things like that, tragedies and big, big wah of things that happen in life of a family or a person. It starts to show, it immediately shows, rather, Who's really in your life? And the word fairweather friend comes to mind. That, not for me necessarily, because I'm a little, I'm like, a little bit removed from the situation, but just observing that the, the, the psychology, I would like someone, if someone's listening, who knows, but the psychology of someone who's injured really, really badly. And if that person has, we've all done We've all done bad things or what? Not bad, but we've all. Some people don't like us. Some people do, and da da da. But what if you're a person who has truly, for your behavior, your actions, your bad choices, alienated what some would consider the more all the more stable, more loyal people in your life, and then you've gravitated toward the people who are those fair weather friends. Hey, you got twenty bucks? I could use ten bucks. Hey, you got you get your check? I could use. Let's have some beer, man. Hey, you got? Did you get your prescription filled? I'll give you twenty bucks for half your pills. That kind of shit. This is my mind. For <laughs> maybe there are other kinds of fair weather friends, but those are the ones I've I've known. And um, that this person who's injured or something bad happens, that the dynamic of everyone who is around in their circles, how different that is. From, say, someone who has not. Someone who is more not loved because, every, you know, we love our members of our family, all of them. It's just that there's a brick wall some people start building up around them. And the difference between that person getting the kind of compassion and care and attention and, you know, even though people you know say they pray and they think about you and they ask about and they truly are concerned, there's still a distance that's created versus someone who, if you think about someone who is like a magnet for people, someone who truly like embraces everybody and everyone just, you say their name and they're just like, they're everyone's quote unquote friend, like they're just that person. The difference is... It's amazing, and it will be amazing, and it can, I'm sure it has been in many situations how that affects recovery and long-term emotional health care. Um, not health care, but like, you know, just, it's just an, been an interesting thing. And the fair-weather friend is a big deal, because those people know nowhere to be found. The people who become on the other side of that brick wall are the ones who have to, like, drop the past and drop the... Well, last time I talked to that fucker, he said this to me. And last time I saw her, she said that to me. So I don't give a shit. Well, you have to drop that. Because you do care about that person. You just didn't care much for their behavior and their attitude and the words they used or whatever they've done. You might be all they have left. 
So, you know, don't have and don't be a fair weather friend. And that's not even my advice for the day. I was going to say, just... is this your advice? Because it's <laughs> no, turning no. into the... Uh... Nope, nope, nope. This is just the, what we were discussing briefly. All right, so it's Wednesday. I'm doing this just for you, not saying so. Wednesday, August the 21st, 2013. This is after the show number 289. This is a podcast. It is. What do we do on this podcast? We'd be married to each other. And review oh, a and movie. talks. <laughs> we actually review a movie, right? We review a movie, and we have me giving great, um, insightful, philosophical. Well, primarily, advice. we review a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, Whatever. The movie we're looking at. I think at- that reviewing the movie is just a tool for us to get to like. You mean for you to. Well, you have your own motivation there. At the tail end, you like to discuss your little video game stuff. So, that's not... I wouldn't have to, though. I could just do the movie. So I couldn't. So, there you go. So, there you go. It's, your, it's a propaganda <laughs> It's my tool. platform. <laughs> yes, propaganda mm-hmm. for my really lofty ideas of, like, be a good human being. So, the movie we're looking at this week is Pain and Gain. This is a 2013 movie. It'll be released next week on the 27th of... August. You better pick it up then. It's a Blu-ray we're looking at. Blu-ray DVD digital copy version. It's rated R. It's from our friends at Paramount. And Sid Talk's going to give you the synopsis of Pain and Gain. Well, I'm going to use the first F word of the day because it's fucking hot in here. I'm hot, so it might affect my tone of voice a little bit. <laughs> in my mood. I might, get, I might get a little fiery. I think it's just, I don't know what. I've been drinking a cup of hot tea. Maybe. That could be the problem. No. Synopsis of pain and gain. Okay, okay, here's the heat talking. Some assholes decide that, uh, well, one asshole decides he needs more than he's got in this life, kind of feeling like shit, and decides to pull off a kidnapping to make to get a shitload of money. And he pulls in some other idiots along the way, and in the process, some horrific things are done by them and it is based on a very true and very tragic story correct so uh, does that do it for you yes that's uh, good synopsis. maybe when i'm hot it makes me better <laughs> synopsisizing synopsisizing <laughs> um so pain and gain what do you re- what do you reckon pain and gain michael bay's newest film what did i say when we were sitting it was just kicking off and we were just leaning oh, back in okay, our chairs yeah. i said i'm not, I'm looking, not forward. looking forward to this and i don't have an explanation except that and I because I like them individually. I like Marky Mark and I like The Rock, which aren't their names anymore, but that I'm older, so I that's how I refer to them. I'd like them both individually, but then I got this weird vibe every time I look at that stupid cover. Ugh. They don't put they Ugh. didn't put that um Anthony Mackie in I know, the, he was good. On, on the front. He's well he's, he's as really, much of the movie as they are. I like him a lot. That, but, what I mean is he's, Yeah, he's, but I don't have an explanation for why I wasn't looking forward to it. But then it didn't take very long for me to be Turned around because as horrible as it is, and you, I have to keep my mind in check on true stories that you're not getting the full true story. But the heart of what they were t- showing you is real, and that the co- the comedy they throw—it's not comedy like yucky the yuck, forty-year-old virgin comedy. It's dark comedy. Very dark, but it's also it's disturbing to add that element to this horrible story so while i enjoy if if you'd taken out the element and said oh we're kidding it's not based on a true story i probably would have felt even more entertained because it was entertaining looks good all that stuff there were parts of it that i was just uh, really totally into 
but I kept reminding myself this is at someone else's and the expense. movie reminds you someone else's the movie actually reminds lives you are destroyed about... barely but I mean oh, it does. I had to keep pecking away at that so that if I got a little bit too entertained I was just reminded that this is at someone's horrible somebody's brother or husband or son or daughter is involved in this and they might watch this or hear about it and I can't help but that's how my brain works so it, ha- it kept bringing me back to and my brain d- didn't work like that I see I know I see movies as like I definitely see a Michael Bay movie as pure entertainment that's kind of what he is he doesn't tackle a I mean, it's a it's a serious real life thing, and it's based on it, but it's not hundred percent it. Yeah, but he's correct? using that horrible story to make shitloads of money and entertain people, which is what you have. I don't care who you are. I don't care. You're not a vacuous person. You will. It's necessary to understand. I mean, I can separate that it. we are. Yeah, but it isn't separate. Cause it you're is to being me. Entertained I'm, by someone's to me, horrible it's se- death, but it isn't to separate. It's well, a real thing. First off, I didn't know anything about the real story. Yeah, I didn't know. I only read about it afterwards. Even though that's when I lived in Florida. But the real story is... Uh, real story is actually a lot more ridiculous than the movie. Like, it, it, it's worse. Like, it, I mean, the movie makes these people seem stupid. In real life, when you read about them, they seem even worse. Like, even... it's It does... There's a bit in the movie where they have to remind you what I was just saying... This is still a true story. It actually says it on the screen because, because what, incident, what is happening yeah. is so ludicrous. You might be thinking at that point, nah, surely no. It can't have gone this far. But I was reading the real story and it almost, it was crazier. Like there's some crazier stuff that they left out. Um, but anyway, as this, this movie itself, I really enjoyed it a lot. I think I'm a big fan of Michael Bay anyway. He's like a guilty pleasure for me. Like, I don't, why is I mean, it guilty? Well, I know most people think he's like the worst filmmaker ever. But why does that make you feel guilty? Um, it doesn't make me feel guilty. I'm just saying it's like a guilty pleasure. Um, because but you don't watch it going, oh, I shouldn't like this. You just watch it and like it. That's not guilty pleasure. You just like it. No, but it would be to other people. They would be like, why do you watch Michael Bay movies and enjoy them? Because and then nobody you'd feel else guilty does. about that. You no. wouldn't feel guilty. No, I, that, that's not what I mean. So. Other um, people... I'm just calling you out on a phrase that doesn't mean what you mean. You mean you enjoy these movies and other people might think it's It's like a guilty stupid, pleasure, that's what I'm saying. But other people not. will go, why do you watch that? Because it's garbage. Because like, every Michael Bay movie is And then you proudly say, I don't give a shit what you say, I just like it. But I don't think Michael Bay <laughs> movies are garbage. I think he's a really good filmmaker. I think... I think he's a good Hollywood filmmaker. Yeah, and you know what? If I didn't know this movie was directed by, I would think it was a Tony Scott movie. It feels like a Tony Scott movie to me. It's got it, that fast-paced... glimmers of it, yeah. Fast-paced, stylistic... Um, the, the plot... i tell you one thing. You can't get bored during this movie because Michael Bay knows how to keep a, a story rolling. It, there's never a dull moment. You're never going, oh, come on, get to something. It's packed. This two, it's two hours and ten minutes, and it is packed with interesting they might moments be, moment by moment yeah, by moment they might just... be like really despicable characters and stuff but that's part of the appeal like to me I was like it makes it very clear from the beginning these people are idiots like they you know in, from the very beginning cause they're it, not just idiots they're like horrible right idiot not they're not idiots so it's like giving them a pass almost they're like bumbling 
their idols and their girl models are people in movies like Scarface and the guy who has like a seminar about you're not a loser, you're a doer, not a donter, all that shit. That's so what I think I'm saying. that they're not, you know, they're just like rotten. But some of the stuff that comes out of Mark Wahlberg's novels, which uh, I was just reading, is actual lines I from figured, this main guy. I figured a lot of the lines that we heard were like either from the court they case are from or from it. the trial, and you're just like, when ah. he says things like, you know, Scarface did this, and he's like talking yeah. about the Godfather guy, how he's like, oh, yeah. he did this and this and this, as though they're all real, like it's. And she said, "I saw Pretty Woman, and so I know that all that right. that's how you do it in life is you do this and that." And you're like, "What was wrong with you people?" So these people are really removed from reality in a way, and it's you know the Matt Wahlberg's character will do anything when he puts his mind. He says, "Look, I'm not going to sit back and just have nothing. I'm going to have everything. The American dream. I'm going to make it for myself." And making it for himself involves kidnapping a guy and being a dick. Like, and it's centered around the reason it's pain and gain. It's centered at a fitness um, center, so they're all steroid muscle men, and it's even that it puts a bad taste in your mouth at the beginning. Absolutely. But I think you know, I, I was like, oh, I can't get behind this. Like beefcakes and you know, it's roid heads, and it's weird. Like, but. It makes sense, doesn't it? Like, ten minutes in, you're like, yeah, I get this lifestyle. It's this lifestyle. Like, it's yeah, going to seminars, trying to sell more than the other guy, and this, yeah. this I'm going to be a success. I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I'm a doer. I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I'm a winner. Yeah, I deserve it. I deserve it. I deserve it. It's that, like, weird, some got twisted around in them. But this really rang like a Tony Scott movie to me, and especially when it gets darker and kind of gruesome in, in points, it you know I, I think it's quite good. Like I, I mean, yes, those are re- based on real life things that happen, but some of that, some of those scenes are really uncomfortable, especially with the uh, weight. Yes, uh-huh. it's one of those things yeah. what reminds me of like Pulp Fiction, where there's a weird incident that they don't know what to do. It's like, oh, this happened, yeah. like. Or, you know, another movie I was going to recommend as a movie recommendation, but I didn't put it down, is Very Bad Things, which is another, yeah. oh, this happened, why did it, you know, we didn't mean that to happen, let's cover our tracks, like, so, and it does go really dark, this movie, like, it, obviously, this real-life event is very dark. Very. And I did hear something about the real-life event, one thing, and that it is portrayed in this movie. And it's to do with a chainsaw. And that's the only thing I knew about this. But you didn't know it was this movie. I didn't know it was this. I just knew some guys tried to get the money back on a chainsaw that was used in a crime. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was this. (laughs) So I had heard about it, just not the whole thing. I think it's a really interesting story, though. And this is based not actually on the... It is based on the true story, but it's actually based on a magazine article that was wrote about these guys. So it was like a eight-part magazine article this guy wrote portraying them in a certain way also. So this could be really skewed. Like the skew of, like, you are reminded, and it is Mark Wahlberg, so I told you he's got a bit of our support already. He's been in movies where you you know him, he's Mr. Hero Man, or he's cool, or he's Handsome, Marky Mark, whatever. leading man. So you already have a certain subconscious, even if you don't like him, you identify with him. He's Marky Mark. He's Mark Wahlberg. I've seen him do other stuff. And that's part of, like you said, 
where you you're on board and then his portrayal of moments of in his perception I have a goal this is I deserve what I'm going to get at the end of this in a good way not the bad stuff um this is a means to an end and I'm I'm an American and I deserve the best and this is what I'm going to do and I'm not a loser and you're not a loser you deserve the best he says to his people you deserve the great. and there's this innocence about him the way he portrays it right where you can see somebody has deluded themselves beyond the point of like a day to day then you have to question I don't know the role that the steroids and any other like stuff like that was involved because that skews your everything doesn't it but where he says to the guy they kidnap I don't I want to take it away from you I don't just want to take everything you have. I want you not, not to, to have, have it. it. That's a, that's that guy said that in the court. <sighs> I thought as soon as he said that, I was like, Ugh. yeah. And it's a really creepy as shit. And it's like, oh, you know. And the whole kidnapping part is actually really funny, right? I mean, it's all played funny, like it's ninjas and weird, like almost slapstick, like. And you're kind of going along guy. thinking, oh, this isn't going to even work because I don't know the de- I didn't know the details of the story uh-huh. at all. I don't know the story until we started looking it up. So you're thinking, oh, not oh, spoilers. <laughs> Shit, should have said that in the beginning because I don't like to say what's. I think it's better not to know the real story before you see it because it, it's because the ludicrousness of it is. Hard to believe at points. At points, I'm like, okay, this must be... This part must not be real. Like, this is weird. But no, when you read the thing, those parts are very real. And there's parts where you can't believe a human being would do that. Oh, I believe it. I mean... Uh, everything. Yeah, it's it's bizarre, though. It's You don't want to believe it. It's definitely a, a interesting case. And I like... And it was explained in the real story about how the police didn't really cotton on to it for a long time because of... Circumstances. Yeah, overlooking it. Like, they just let them... Because everybody involved is shady. Right. The victims, the perpetrators, everybody is a shady character. So that adds to the, like... In fact, what Ed Harris says to the... um, Yeah, you're not an easy victim. You're not an easy victim. (laughs) Yeah, not... You know, because how can we... You're just a shitbag. How can... We, you're not a victim. Yeah. Can I just not let you yeah. suffer and leave you to it? But no. It's got don't. a whole lot of interesting... Which addresses my opening statements. That a, a situation where some of the people involved who have been wronged, horribly wronged, because of who they are and the choices they made in life, that whole real situation didn't get resolved the way it would have if it was somebody who wasn't of that lifestyle. Like a whole different approach to solving that problem being a victim who's a complete asshole but you're still a victim is different than a victim who's like somebody that is beloved and ever and is a decent human being like it's a whole different thing and that's portrayed i think really good in this movie it kind of pecks away at it like you're supposed to feel bad for him but we know it's hard (laughs) you know like that kind of thing yeah and and you know he's almost um played as a um slapstick character that guy you know yeah, when he's injured, in, it's very OTT to me. And that what over the top. I'm sorry. What, what it's age very, group are you in? It's very. <laughs> well, that's something I used to say when I was a kid. So I guess exactly. I'm in this age group. <laughs> no, I meant your age. Yeah, forty something. So it's 14. um, 
and, and it really is. It's it's played slapsticky. I, I was trying to think of another film where it's portrayed like that. Vi- violence is kind of Reservoir Dogs. No, oh, shit. oh not, totally. No, not really. It's very graphic that one. I'm yeah, and he's acting all goofy when he's dancing to the music. That's not. Yeah, but he's a psychopath. Right, it's the same thing. He's this like a. I'm talking about this horrible. guy in hospital when he's injured and burned and stuff. Mm. How he's kind of. That specific scene, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like kind it. of goofyish. Like he's 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 obviously mad and pissed off and stuff, and he's talking to the police and he's. And it, but they're not listening. Yeah, it comes across really kind of comic bookish, like it's. But he's a so, comedian, so it's hard for him probably not. He's to the do guy it. who plays Monk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the taxi driver from Wings, if anyone remembers, which I loved, and I loved him in it. It was going to be Tarillo, to to. What's he called? The guy from Transformers who plays the agent guy. Oh, right. <laughs> it was going to be him because Michael Bay's obviously got a relationship yeah. with him, but then at the last minute he pulled out, so he replaced him with this guy. And they're very similar type of guys. I would mistake them for each other. Absolutely not. I but don't mean how they look. I mean the way been... they act. I disagree. But I think that he would have been even more... Over the top. Not over the top, but I mean... He would have been a more sympathetic character because he has his the way he is. Frank Tuturo, I think, is who you're talking about. Is that his name? More like that, yeah. Frank or, yeah. He's the guy from Transformers. But I mean, he wasn't in it. So. The agent guy. Um. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a. It's like a. I like how it was made as well. I mean, Michael Bay really knows how to shoot things to make them look interesting. Um, he does a lot of slow motion. Is it him shooting it? Yeah. Or does he not have teams for all that, probably? He shoots days. it. Um, he's very in, he's, he's a music video guy, so it, and it kind of is obvious when you see anything that he does. He likes sl- slow motion. I actually thought... I love the super slow motion. The high-speed cameras that can do the super slow... I love that. The slow motion he did where they're walking away from an explosion... <laughs> that's real cliche. Sure. But how it in this movie, when it goes back to real time... Yeah, it's really amazing. I was like, oh, I didn't expect that at all. Like, and that was one of those things where I was like, okay, he's just playing to the crowd. What's this? Like, exactly. it's, it's different, you know. So, and Michael Bay, I was just reading an interview with him because he's been doing like Transformers for what seven years. This was like a, him doing a low budget movie because he said I've been working with two hundred million dollar budgets. This one was less than twenty. In fact, oh yeah, that's so low budget. Wahlberg and. Um, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson uh, took half pay because they wanted to keep it under oh, budget. Oh, half. And what was that? Eight probably. million instead of 16 million? No, probably more like a million, right? That's not half of what they make. They make like $20 million a movie. Uh, it depends, doesn't it? What you sign up for. What you no, I'm saying they normally make that much. Right. So half but of But I mean this movie in full. Are you trying with, to... I know, but... With marketing to... costs 20 million. It's right. all, it is a low budget movie for Michael Bay. In Michael Bay's respects. Think of all the movies he's made. They're huge, aren't they? Almost all of them. I, in, yeah, Bad Boys. You I could just don't say. think that affects the quality. This is more Bad Boys than Armageddon. I mean, it's like on that kind of... Mm. Uh, and it looks kind of like Bad Boys, actually, mm. the way it looks. Mm. I'm being Charlie. Mm. Mm. I mean, it does look like yeah. Bad Boys. Um, Bad Boys 2 was like way over the top, because like, that one... You know, the, yeah. the budget got really high on that one. There's loads of stunts. It's kind of crazy, Bad Boys 2. But, but it doesn't add to it. So I no, think this I, one has a good... I actually think that this one, because the story is actually really interesting and, you know, will boggle your mind a little bit that these things really happened, it doesn't need a huge 
you know, and he makes it look good anyway. Like, I think it looks really good. He, you know, it's got the typical Michael Bay, like, he films women very... But he was also in that world, you have to remember. They're in that world, so I can But, I mean, I he even managed that. to fit that into Transformers, didn't he? Like, he filmed um, yeah. both the girls in Transformers as though, like, very... Uh, with his tongue hanging out, it seems, when he's filming them. And there is that in here. But, yeah, it fits here, doesn't it? Because it's a sleazy... Do you have your hung- tongue hanging out when you're watching it? When I'm watching... These girls in their movies. <laughs> He knows how to film them, let's say. <laughs> that is a yes to the proverbial tongue. And, you know, yeah. he does have a history, uh, Michael You're Bay. very polite. You know the centerfolds for Playboy, where they put them on the video, where it's just the girls, and he actually... No, I don't. Well, Playboy have, um, like... I, I'm not sure if you've noticed over the last 13 years, I don't have a penis, so I'm not really pursue things like Playboy. Well, Playboy, on, I, guess, I guess Playboy's on TV, like on cable or whatever, they have a channel, and... What a lot of it consists of is like centerfold, and then it's like thirty minutes of a centerfold, you know, posing, and she's in different scenarios. The very first thing Michael Bay did was one of those for Playboy, so he's got a history of filming women. He's also filmed lots of cars because he's done commercials for cars quite a bit. So there's always an element objectifying of that. the woman and the car. There's always an element. Oh wait, of the that car is an object. Correct. And he, uh, yeah, and in Transformers, women on cars or on bikes. Um, but yeah, so there is that Michael Bay trademark in there. You can't deny that. You're making that. me think he's a little bit of an asshole. I'm going to have to get over that. No, I don't think he is. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. <laughs> but the, obviously the characters in this movie are. I don't mm. think there's anybody. Ed, Ed Harris. Mm. Who His is, wife. Good yeah, who are like... The wife. I mean, the, are actually... The nurse wife. Seems all right, too. Yeah, where you could actually say, I actually like them. They're a victim in this whole thing. Like, they should, you know, they're... They were victims. He was... I mean, not... I mean, they're a person in the whole thing who is innocent. Decent and I can, I can be behind them. Like, yeah. Most people, you can't be behind. There's a few times, and this happens with all movies, where I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I feel for this person when I shouldn't. You know, like American Psycho. You can't feel for... Patrick Bateman, but at some point you kind of like, oh, it's bad for it. I feel bad for him at this point. Like it's, um, and there's lots of movies, isn't there, where they make you feel for the unforgiven anti. Well, these aren't even heroes in this movie. I was going to say they're anti-heroes, but no, they're not heroes. At no, all. no, no. They're just horrible criminals, right? But there, there are points. You got where an anti-victim. We could call him that an anti-victim because you're supposed to feel yeah. bad for him. Yeah, but you don't. All the victims, really, unfortunately, they are not portrayed as very connectable. I'm getting about people. the Rock's character, the way he gets the the main guy who plays played by Mark Wahlberg, almost forces the Rock into doing things he, he doesn't really want to do. Like mm-hmm. he, he like plays with his mind. Man- he, master manipulator. Yeah, and um, you know the Rock's. Oh, he's a violent dude and everything, as we see, and he's not the good guy but there are parts where I'm feeling sorry for him like he doesn't want to do what he's going he doesn't want to do this but he's pressured but then he does yeah but he never feels he's trying to find God it's it's, it's an interesting story Um, so let's move on to the cast here Matt Wahlberg plays Daniel Lugo I think he really did a good job I don't think funnily enough it's like his personality though right like what we know him from 
No, I think it was really different because he had to... In the moment of certain things where he's, he's, you know, like when he's in that seminar and stuff. I mean, he is a bodybuilder dude. Right, but I mean, his ability, for me, to say some of the stuff in the midst of what we know he's talking about and completely convince you that he, as a person, as that character, is convinced of exactly what he's saying in that sort of seminar head, you know, a guy who's giving a seminar kind of way. And not, and it's not like real, like huge or anything in the moment. But I mean, that's different than I think I've ever seen him. He's not just like the cool, collected, you know, badass guy he was in what was the last one, uh, contraband or mm. anything like that. This was like somewhere in his mind when he's talking as that guy, convinced that what he's doing. And then the cracks only barely show, like when the guy insults him, he thinks he's been insulted because of his skill sets. What do you mean? I don't yeah. have the skill sets. Or saying like that you're just too stupid to like do this, and he just can't. He, that's where his crack is. I actually think shows. he's pretty good in it. Oh as well, yeah, I'm really saying. good. Um, and I've seen we've seen him in quite a lot of movies, and um, I think he did really well here. Like it, like sometimes I feel he's just going through the paces, like with some stuff. Contraband being one of them. I'm just like the tough guy, tough guy and, yeah. and that's it. Like, Cocking a gun and running. It's not really much to it, you know. Yeah, I'll... but there were moments of contraband that were all right too. Yeah, and there was another one. I mean, I've seen a lot of films with him in, and now he's the leading star for Transformers, Sniper or whatever. Remember the one where they're Sniper presidential thing. Um, yeah, now he's working with Michael Bay because he's uh, replacing Shia LaBeouf. So. Not replacing, but a new character in Transformers. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed him in it. And Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, um, I really liked this role for him too because it was. We've seen him in The Fast and the Furious recently, and you know, The Fast and the Furious was a decent role too, I thought, because it was the. Different. Like, yeah, a bit different. But this, at first I thought, uh, you know, they introduce him, muscle guy. Oh, okay, that's the rock. Really muscle guy in this one. I mean, he's really bulked up. All of them, actually. But um, I was like, oh, it's just going to be the rock dude, isn't it? But then there's this edge to the character, the the god thing. There's a few moments of um, overacting. But, but it's pull, it's pull, it's like a little a word or a thing of his head, and it's just that little bit of over theatrical, just for a second. And then there are moments where it's completely pulled back. And even though he's a big, bulky, handsome, tan, tattooed guy, or he's not, and he's like just imposing. Yet he slumps in a way, and he'll say a thing a certain way where you're like, "That's him being the confused." I, I want to do right, but I. I don't understand the world fully kind of thing and I got it like well, yeah. there were several times a lot of the times there. when he had to sit with the kidnapped yeah. dude and watch him on but his those own those were the times when it was a little over the top but my favourite scene with him in was where he where he decided to swipe some bags of cash oh yeah <laughs> yeah and he's on the that, yep. uh, that whole thing was like it was just it was kind of crazy but that was actually one of the real incidents oh my goodness really and the green stuff and the wow the toe yep <gasps> it's like a real uh, all that I was oh like because that was the part I was like uh, surely that's some... silly like you know absolutely no that's actually what oh, happened oh my word even down to the that he was in a hairdresser's like with the women and, and the dog with the toe yep that was re- you read that that was really yep. real oh my that's how they god found it. 
That's what I'm saying. It's it's an amazing <laughs> story. And you will think that it's untrue, but it is it's not It's like untrue. a tragic burrito. And burritos are delicious, but inside this one's just some horrible stuff you don't want to really know about. Now, Anthony Mackie plays Adrian Dobell, who's the third guy of the three. And he's really not... Yeah, he's like really say, good. He wasn't even in... What, what else did I say he wasn't in? Like, where I say, well, why did they miss him out? They missed him out of the... On the menu. He's not on the menu of the Blu-ray. There's just The Rock and Mackie. He's not on the... In fact, on the actual Blu-ray cover, they put The Rock and Mackie Mack and, and that chick in the middle. They didn't put him. And she's got, like, nothing to do with it, really. Hardly. Maybe in real life it was bigger, but, yeah. But, yeah, you can understand uh, yeah, why the chick's there to sell it, but... I mean, what Boobies. would be wrong with putting him in there? He's, he's, the, he's literally the, as big a character as they Yeah, painted. and he's he's on board instantly. He's not the peripheral person like the rock guy is. It's, just, uh, it's whoever in movies says, well, Ma- Mark Wahlberg and Dwayne Johnson, they're the people who you sell yeah. the movie. This other guy, people would be like, who's that third guy? We don't know him. But I think he did a really good Thank job. You. And it was a... That character was quite different from the other two for me. Like, he had... He was trying to sort himself out, but he but he's also really also not, wanted to carry on intense. with this. Yeah, yeah. But um, pretty interesting. Ed Harris plays Ed Dubois. Dubois. He's a private investigator, ex-cop, private investigator. As soon as he came on the scene, I was like, "Oh, they're in shit now," because he's like a bloodhound, right? He's, I knew that that was the character before. Um, he's good. He's Ed Harris, right? We um. I see Ed Ayers is the one who just does the same shit all the time. Even though I appreciate certain movies that I really now like Pollock and I like The Rock. Um Yeah, but again, he had some intense, just got angry a few times and then you've got Truman Show where he's like moody and brooding Good and enough. but then if you just watch them all, there's not to me, there's not a huge variety. There's no there's never a sense of humor. <laughs> With an, uh, to, to my knowledge, maybe there had been, but I don't remember Ed Harris ever being... No, he's quite sullen, like, and... Yeah, always, unless serious. there's some movie that I have forgotten about that he's being funny in, or that he's at least, you know... In this one, there's the hint of lightheartedness, just because the wife is there to balance him out, like, a little tiny bit. But I don't feel like he contributed anything that... He, he brought a specific. sense of authority to that character for oh, me. That is true. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, now... But so could Morgan Freeman, because he, he does the same freaking thing. He could, thing. yeah, but I would prefer Ed Harris to Morgan Yeah, but I'm Freeman. saying, it's the same thing. If you plucked him out and plucked uh, Morgan Freeman in, you would have the same exact thing to say. He is an authoritative figure. He, we trust him. Robert Duvall grounded. would work also. Absolutely. Interchangeable. <laughs> yeah. Although Robert Duvall has done all kinds of different stuff. Amazing So is Morgan stuff. Freeman. But, yeah. I mean, still, we get that... There's a level that they hit... And they just sort of stay there. And that's why people think they love them, because of that thing they do. And there's a bunch more people in. I put down Bar Paley, because she's like the leading lady, kind of. And they kind of lie to her. She's this... Oh, she's just nothing, though, to me. But she is part of the real story. Right. And she's like a stripper. And they get involved with her, because she's hot or whatever. And then they lie to her and make her be involved in this thing. Just completely lying to her. And because she's naive and a bit desperate desperate they she goes along with it all um but yeah she's not really a mega part of the movie i mean have you ever met any of these kind of people i personally have not no i don't know about the violent side but i have met people 
who have a desperation about them that is like they're always looking for the next thing, always looking for the next scheme, always looking for the next scam. Hey, man, I know a guy. He can do some shit. We can get this thing. We can do that. Hey, man, I hear you can make loads of sh- shit loads of money on eBay if we just buy a bunch of broken down shit and you paint it up. We can blah, blah. Or, hey, man, I know a guy's got a motorcycle. We can tell him we're fixing it up and then, like, tomorrow we'll tell him it was stolen, but we can sell that shit, man. This guy I know will give us five grand for it. Like, I've known people like that. And then right. you think it doesn't take much to magnify from that sort of level of, I think it's like bottom feeder survival thing to look at this scam that you can do. And how is it very hard for you to make the leap from scamming people out a little bit of money, selling a little bit of weed here and there to, hey, let's kidnap this guy. We won't hurt anybody. We'll just get all of his money. I figured out how do we can sign off on all his, get him to sign over all of his shit to us. And then the next thing and the next thing. So it's told, obviously it's plausible, but they're everywhere. There are shit bags everywhere, like desperate they're the ones that if I had children, and I have nieces and nephews that I worry about desperately, and I have friends who have children I worry about, it's those bottom feeder people that I'm most, in, they're going to encounter in their lives. People who start like, oh, I'll be your friend. Oh, man, you're awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. And then you find out, oh, there's a closed door over here. Oh, well, let me introduce you to my other friend. Hey, man, he knows how. You know that uh, car of your mom's? Do you think she'd ever let us borrow her car? Right. I mean, you know, that kind of like, eh, but we can do this. And then they, it's, you know. So that's what kept coming to my mind, that these people aren't just like, oh, it's these five or six people. Look how horrible these five or six people are. You have to keep in mind they're everywhere. And then finally I'd put down Rob Cordry, who I actually really like. I don't know if you're a mega fan of him. He's the guy from Hot Tub Time Machine. Um, and he plays the owner of the... Um, Jim place. I don't think you're keen on him, actually. I'm not. I, I actually like him. I've seen him on Howard, and he was talking... You know. I like... I mean, he did that one scene fine in Hot Tier Machine, but whatever. Um, yeah, I, I liked him in this, because he, he has an air of sleaziness about him. Desperation and sleaziness. And um, I think it worked the way Wahlberg manipulated him. Even. Yeah, he's the most white-collar person of them all, and yet he's but got he's the same involved. underlying... Yeah. I don't know why, and I'm totally biased, I can admit it, but like the whole weightlifting, Mr. Weightlifter competitions, that whole world, it's really sleazy to me. And that's portrayed in this, you know, where you gotta get a sponsor, and then when you've watched a few videos of people doing it, and then the behind the scenes of... Yeah, it's like a, it's almost it's like a, a pyramid scam. scheme. You've got to sell, that's exactly gotta sell right. the protein powder, got to do the thing. Exactly, that's exactly what it is. And yet it's their whole life. Right. And it's based on nothing. It's like this fragile, but it's really it's Actually, sleazy. funnily enough, in the Pain and Gain Blu-ray, uh, Mark Wahlberg's got his own line of protein powders. Oh, that's right. And there's a coupon for $5 off. Oh my off. God, you're right. So, so he's actually participating in the, in real life, he's involved in that. Oh my god! But I actually saw. Well, he's not giving you the coupon so you can then become a partner and sell no, that shit. No, no, that's no. not like that vice age. He's just made his own. Going around. But I did watch um, Mark, Mark, Mark Wahlberg on <laughs> Howard, and he's really into healthy living, and he doesn't like steroids or anything like that. He had used them. When you he can was tell younger. from his body, right? Because he's got that sort of roundy, muscly looking, where there it's not that 
that like rock looking stuff. And that's stuff. the reason why he had gone into making a fitness product. Nothing to do with this film. It just happened to coincide. And he also does like um, what do you call them? Slim, slimming type thing. Like he's got a whole brand called Marked. Um, but yeah, you can get five dollars. I thought that was kind of funny. As long as it's not like, hey, invest two hundred dollars. No, it's not that. And it's then just buy have it. a party and sell it for me. If yeah. They sell it in all the major places. Right. You know? I can get behind that. I just can't get behind the pyramid schemes. But that's what I think, and that's what's portrayed to me in this. Is that world of yeah. These guys come into this gym, they're pumping themselves up, and then it shows the one guy going off, then his job is to be the guy who cleans at the taco shack. Right. But he's coming in here, and somebody's telling him, you're awesome, you're awesome, and he's pumped up, and he's looking like Mr. Universe, and his life is shitty. And so there's got there's something swirling around there that disconnects. And there's that scene where they're all, where they're looking at themselves in the mirror saying, I, I'm Superman. I'm- yeah. Like, Look at you, man! You deserve everything. Yeah. You got you. You deserve a life that goes with that body. <laughs> it's crazy, oh and you can. And I, you know, it's not bullshit. Conversely, People. what kind of life do I deserve then? With a very round, very soft, and they make it very quite rolling, clear with the, life. He makes it. Quite oh yeah, clear he when hates like the gym. lazy people. He hates people who don't take their bodies seriously and all that like stuff. Like, he's really, he's, he's, like, all attentive to all the bodybuilder types, and then he walks past the fat kind of people on the treadmills, and he's just like, like. Why bother? Mm. They're never going to... They're just... You know, you have to do it. That could have been me. I could have done that role. (laughs) Um, The lady walking slowly on the treadmill. (laughs) So this is directed by Michael Bay, as we said earlier, who's directed lots of movies. Transformers, Armageddon, Bad Boys, Bad Boys 2, The Island, which I really like a lot, and Pearl Harbor, which is a divisive film for people. He directed The Island? He he sure did, yeah. Um, So... Yeah, he makes big, huge, blockbustery type movies. That's pretty much all he does. Um, and he, I hear a lot of people hate him, and you know he's perverted the filmmaking to lowest common denominator yeah. kind of thing. Um, but I think this is a really after him doing Transformers for all that time, and it was a big period of time. You didn't see another Michael Bay movie; you just saw Transformers movies. Only three. Yeah, but it was, it was, they weren't one every year. It was yeah. a few years in between them. Um, I'm, I'm glad to see a film that's not that now from him because I know he makes entertaining movies and that's how I class him, entertaining movies. You know, it's not art. I mean, it is because it's making movies, but it's not high, fine, highbrow. It's a good time at the movies for me. I mean, I know this is a really perverse, horrible tale, but so are a lot of movies that. But I, I had a great time watching it. Yeah, well, I can say that about a Tarantino movie or whatever. I know they're not true or whatever, but they're a perverse, horrible kind of repulsive tale. But I like it in some way. You know, Pulp Fiction, for instance. So this movie, I don't go unchanged. I was actually quite surprised. I was expecting this to be not. Expecting this to be not very good. Just, I was like Muscle Man. Because I exactly. saw I saw a picture when I was doing. I was like, oh, it's like bodybuilding. I don't know what this is. I I presently surprised. Oh, so you're a hypocrite because when I said openly and honestly, I'm not looking forward to this movie. You said, hey, don't bring any of that into here. Well, I knew that. <laughs> I knew I would um, enjoy oh. it because it's Michael Bay in a way, in some way. Because there isn't. I don't think there's a movie of his I've not enjoyed. So, um, mm-hmm. I don't think there is actually. Can you think of one? I mean, I, I liked Pearl Harbor. I know uh, you did. A lot of people didn't. I did. I thought it was... 
Oh, let's not get started on Armageddon. Because you love Armageddon. Yeah, Armageddon's like... Talk about divisive. Not a lot of women could be married to a man who loves Armageddon as much as you do. No, I, if it, you know when it's on, and it's on a lot, if, I, if I'm on, like, looking at the channels... On our TV? You don't even have even, cable. It's even on ABC, because it's owned by Disney. I've seen it on ABC. Um, whenever it's on, if, it, if I'm passing, I'm like, oh, I love that part. Like, I could sit and just end up watching the whole thing, because it's just one of those movies. It's silly, it's ridiculous... But it's not. It's just, they're saving the world. But it's a that ain't silly. fun... Yeah, but it's completely ridiculous, but it's a real fun, like, entertaining... It's a romp in the, in the tale of saving the planet. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I like Michael Bay. Don't care what anybody says. DVD extras, Blu-ray extras. Zero. Yeah, there are literally zero, which is unusual, because there's usually a trailer or a deleted scene. But there is nothing. Nothing. And if any story screams out yeah, to have a, a documentary or something, because <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I'll be interested to hear Michael Bay talk about this research and all that stuff." Well, for the commentary, I was like, "Well, he'll be able to say, you know, what he, he's obviously researched this." So we're not going to have any. There's nothing, which is very unusual. So we can't we can't review those. So in conclusion, time yeah. saver. In conclusion, I find Pain and Gain. I thought it was really fun. I would watch it again if. It fits in those kind of... If you like Tony Scott movies, like... There's not a depth to it like Tony Scott. No, but some of Tony Scott's are pretty strict. Like Pelham 1, 2, 3. Domino and Film 1, 2, 3 are the only two I can think of that are quite frivolous. Way too stylish. But Man on Fire, Clay Pigeons. But you know, some of those are like style over substance. Pelham 1, 2, 3 and Domino being the two. Those are the two I think would fall in this category. This one has a ton of style, but... It's actually quite good. But it's not Tony Scott. No, but it's actually quite good substance to it. Because the story is actually very interesting. In fact, you could take away the frills of the style. This story is just an interesting story to tell, I think. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, humans are quite... Horrible. Yeah, and it gets ridiculous when they're desperate. You know, it can go to really weird places. And it does. So I recommend it. I think it was really fun. If you can say fun for a movie about something really horrible. And you? I'd recommend it to people who like that action-y kind of, you know, testosterone-y thing. Yeah. Definitely. It, it's actually quite funny in parts. I was surprised. Don't watch it with kids or anything. No, it's not. Don't for, think it's an hour I know, but people let kids watch R-rated movies all the time. But it's really quite gruesome at times. Like, quite gruesome. It's, and, uh, like... You don't want to plant those images in your children's head. Under age uh, 18. <laughs> it's quite... I actually found it quite funny. Actually, I, I'm pretty hard to, like... Get, Gross out? No, I mean... Um, funny stuff. It has to be a particular vibe or whatever. But because this was so dark, the funny stuff seemed funnier than it should have been. Exactly. Like, there was parts where I was Excuse like, me. wow, this is... Um, what they're saying is, like funny as hell but what's happening there is really like awful like it, it was funny and a twisted like very bad things twisted funny there must be something psychological attached to that correct so uh I recommend thanks to Paramount for the Blu-ray uh very interesting movie uh so uh, if you want to enter a contest to win a movie go to com. you can win New World King of the Streets or The Guillotines right now uh we will also have two new contests next week uh, next week's Blu-ray review is Terence Malick's new movie, To the Wonder. If you want to go like as far away from Michael Bay's Pain and Gain, 
Terrence Malick's To the Wonder, so... Two movies in the last three years, and he hadn't made a movie since when? Who? Malick. Terrence Malick made Tree of Life. Yeah. And then this. I know. And what was and yeah, he had made a <laughs> thin red line, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, he's made two movies. Um, so. Malick is not... Yeah, he's not Michael Bay. No. It's Imagine come. if they teamed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, that'll be next week, To the Wonder. So, um, new movie game, what is it? It's not new. No. That's, it's been Old about movie year. game. <laughs> well, when do we do it? New year is when we started it yeah. or something? So, now we're in August. That is not the new year. New game, but... It is. One of us says a movie. The other one has to pluck from our brain, not from the Google, or not guessing, like randomly guessing, but try to remember when a movie, what year it was made. So it's called movie year, or movie year, as so, my British husband likes So to yours say. is, from me, Pearl Harbor. Uh, okay, I'm going to say 2001. Correct. <laughs> Two weeks in a fucking row. Did you already oh look at that? Oh my god! No, I just was thinking it's in line with when we met and when we got married, and then I was like, I know it was right, sort enough, because I we went and everything, and da da, two weeks in a row, mofo. What's mine? <laughs> Yours is not that. It is Mary Poppins. What's that got to do with painting? Mary Poppins. Nothing. Hey, that is never part of the deal. My movies are in alphabetical order. I'm up to Mary Poppins. I think, I feel, I'm probably completely off base, but I feel like Mary Poppins was made in the 60s. So I'm going to go for 63. Oh, is that your final answer? Yeah. You're so close. <laughs> 1964. <laughs> oh. Oh, exactly. You were close. I, I thought it was My mind was saying it was, it was from the 40s, that. and then I was like, no, it's from the 60s. It's just styled like it's that. Because Ju- it's yeah. Julie Andrews. And Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. All right, so that's our movie game for this it's week. It's not really very exciting, our movie game, if you think about no, it's it. it's fun, though. If you would pastiche them all together and listen to them all in a row, <laughs> I'd be like, movie, year. Oh, right or wrong. Movie, year. Oh, right or wrong. Movie, year. Right or wrong. It's not but very it, dynamic. It, it, We're going to have to come up with something different. What I think's good about it, if you're listening to it, is it can jog your mind on movies that you're like, Absolutely. oh, I've not seen that movie, or I would like to see that movie. Oh, you have an intention. So movie recommendations this week, I am going with on the... Always on the theme of the movie we just watched, Pain and Gain. So I'm going with, number one, Oliver Stone's Savages. Because... I don't like that one. I actually enjoyed it, but I feel it has a similar vibe to this movie in the way it's told. But this one does it better. I think this one does it a lot better. A lot better. Um, And my second one, another movie that is Burn After Reading. Because it's got a farcical tone to it, but it's completely dark and horrible yeah, at, yeah. at its heart like. it's like Fargo it's like right. uh, but and I think it fits with this because it because yeah. the farcical nature of it and plus it has arm- a plus it um, also uh, Brad Pitt's a inst- yeah uh, fitness instructor yeah. person and mine are and not because it's great or anything but I actually didn't mind it was faster that's with Dwayne Johnson as well I remember thinking that was Again, I didn't look forward to it, and then we saw it, and it had elements to it that were all right. So I say faster. It's not part of the Fast and Furious series, by the way. I you know when, thought it was. You know when you have bits of a movie in your head, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you said faster, I see the end sequence me in Me too, head. with the tent and yeah. everything, the yeah. beach. Yeah, yep, me that, too. Right? But then isn't that the one with the guy in the car, and the really, really swank um, apartment 
the, always on the phone, or he's on the phone with the chick or something, the lady, the woman. Sorry, I shouldn't call my fellow women chicks, but in this movie it was. But I think that was part of it. I don't know for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I reg- oh, maybe I should watch it again if I'm recommending it. But it's quite, it's actually kind of interesting. Different paced as well. Kind of a different, again, he's looking for, looking for a godly. Gets out of prison, right? Yeah, the looking for some yeah. salvation. And my other one is traffic. Because I was trying to... It just occurred to me, like, the the choices people make. You know, like, the traffic guy. The guy who's actually the drug czar. And then finding out that his daughter is, like, yeah. you know, hung, hanging around with the drug guys and whatever. And then the wife ends up, the pregnant wife, having to go... Or choosing to, like, just continue with this thing. Going across and getting the drugs and... It's kind of played in that dark... Yeah, there's no humor in trouble. No humor whatsoever, and yet it's got a very connectable thing to it. You know, where you're like, I can totally understand why that person is doing that thing, but I would never do that. But right. you're like, I totally I get it. And that's where in this one, you're like, I, I totally don't... Would never. But I can see from this guy's point of view why he thinks what he's doing makes sense. So, traffic. So games and a scully stuff for this week. There's been a few games released this week, but I've, you know, it's very difficult to play three whole games. So what I did play, and I've played probably the first ten hours of it, is Saints Row Four. Um, the Saints Row series is, is a bit weird for me because I love Grand Theft Auto, and Saints Row came along after Grand Theft Auto, and originally the first Saints Row was just trying to be Grand Theft Auto. It was like a like a rip-off of it, I would say. And then the second one was it's very similar. So every to the, shooter game after the first shooter game is a rip-off of a shooter game? Well, this this is too specific because it's not just a shooter game. It's like the missions, the city, the the side activities. The, it was taking Rockstar's template hmm. and making their version of that. Like that and and it, it's really evolved from that now. I don't know if it's evolved or devolved. I think probably devolved because... Sounds like it when I'm listening to you play. Well, I don't think you've heard this one. I don't think you've even... Yeah, you played it the other day. And you said I'm playing Saints Row 4. Yeah, now it's got... It's... The fourth episode of Saints Row is like... It's insane because... Let me give you the opening sequence of the movie. You're the president of the United States now, not just some gang dude. Well, you are a gang leader. The gang leader became so popular, he became the president of the United States. She. Or her, in this case, because I chose a female character. In fact, it pulls your character from Saints Row 3, so it's the same chick. So she's she's the president of the United States. She's in the White House, and you're walking down the corridor to give a press conference... And aliens come from space and decide to mess America up. Just America? Or the world? You only see America because... So they've come. They've decided to... Because you're the president of the United States, you'd be the first person to torment because you are the leader of the world as they see it. So what the aliens do, instead of just killing you all, they... Put you inside the Matrix. Now, it's not called the Matrix, but it is the Matrix. It's pretty much a direct rip-off of the Matrix. So, they pluck you, put you in this... Like, you know the Matrix where you're in those little... Goo? 
yeah, you actually come out of some goo. So they put you in a goo thing and then torment you in the virtual world. So there's a virtual version of your city and you're inside it and he's decided he's just going to do everything he can to make your life miserable. So that's where the game comes from. So you're in this virtual version of the world. Now, your people, your other saints, one of them, Kinsey, who's a hacker, has, dis- has figured out a way... Not in the Matrix. She's not. And she's figured out a way of communicating with you inside this virtual world. And because she's a hacker, she's figured out ways to bring this program down and get you back to the real world. So you can see kind of a hacking taking place inside this virtual version. Now, the virtual version, what's different about it is you it's the same city that you played in the third one, but it's been messed up. So there's alien ships floating above it. There's big alien platforms that they've built. They're kind of like skyscrapers, but made by aliens. So Even in the virtual world? In the virtual world. It's a, it's a version of America, but they've invaded it. And it's all to make you feel not, oh, not at home. Like. Yeah, so, and there's a police force that comprises of aliens. So all the fighting is against aliens instead of real people this time. So you're inside here. And the side effect of being inside here is Kinsey has hacked in. And she's figured out how to hack it, the code, so you have superpowers. So you can jump higher, run faster fire, freeze missiles out of your hands. You basically turn into a superhero in the game. So, um, And the superhero gameplay is very much like Crackdown, if you remember mm-hmm. Crackdown. So you can jump as That's high... That's what it looked like to me. Yeah, you can jump as high as a skyscraper. You can... Ooh, there's orbs on top of the skyscrapers that you can collect. There's a lot of nods to other games. Rip-off nods? I don't know. But um, the game references... The humor's a bit better in this game than it was in the third one. Because the third one was based around, like, dildo bats and sex toys and gimps. And it was kind of... The humor was that. The humor in this one's really, like, humor about movies and other games. The hub world that you're in. When they jack you out of the Matrix to talk to you sometimes. You're in a spaceship. And it's Kinsey's spaceship. And they've stolen alien spaceship. But the spaceship's very like much like... And it's not unintentional. The spaceship from Mass Effect, the one that you wander around in the hub worlds in Mass Effect. And remember in Mass Effect, you could walk up to the crew members and romance them or not romance them. Well, you can romance the people (laughs) on the ship as well. And the romancing on the ship's a bit more graphic than Mass Effect's romancing. So there's weird comedy like that. But a lot of the comedy is pretty funny. And I was surprised that I... It's pretty juvenile, but it's pretty funny. See, at first, the alien decides... Instead of jacking you into America that's been invaded by aliens, he jacks you into like a 50s soap opera. So you wake up and you're dressed in like 50s clothes and you're in this 50s house (laughs) and you walk down the stairs and there's a laugh track for everything you do and you walk in this like... That's not a soap opera. You walk in this silly kind of way. You mean like Dick Van Dyke? Like Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, okay. And it's the Saints Row Show or something and even the logo comes up and your husband's like... Let's go out and water the garden, shall we? And it's all very... Truman Joe. Yeah, it's very weird like that. So it starts off like that. So what this alien invasion thing did is it lets them do pretty much anything they want with the world. It can turn into anything. It can be anything. Some of the side missions are not 
America, they're weird. And you love it, however, it's not Grand Theft Auto. No, and and it, it's not really trying to be this time. I mean, it's, if you're going to say it's trying to be anything, it's trying to be Crackdown a lot. I mean, it's, a lot of it is Crackdown. And obviously, the, they probably love those games. They probably love Grand Theft Auto, they love Crackdown, they want to homage, but I sometimes feel it's like ripping it off. Nah. There's a fine line I mean, between everything is ripped off of everything. Well, there's a fine line between homage and ripping. Every off. love story is a rip off of something, right? right? But this <laughs> is so specific, you know, collecting orbs, runaway orbs, like what they added in Crackdown Two, the ones that you have to chase after. They don't stay still. You have to chase. You only have to chase orbs. Um, but it's really fun to play. One of the things about uh, sandbox games that I really love is like getting in cars and driving around. Yeah. There's absolutely no reason to ever be in a car in this world because if you can just jump in the air and fly, why yeah, would you go in a car? You also might want to just drive around and see what's going on. Yeah, but it's really I've tried it, and after you know that you can jump up in the air and just do crazy stuff, you don't really want there's absolutely no benefit to driving around. And the city's not incredibly interesting because you've already drove around it in the third one. Um this was going to be a DLC for the third one. Eventually, it ended up being a full game, but it kind of feels like a DLC. Yeah, like a oh, we got the city. Would you like to explain downloadable that? content? So, so it could have been like a twenty dollar add on pack for. Isn't download one word? Downloadable content. I oh, know. Why is oh, isn't download? Yeah, is download downloadable? is one word. Yeah. I'm just saying. Hmm. So. It's really fun to play. Oh, so we all say DLC because somebody else said DLC. It was actually just DC. <laughs> Maybe DC's direct current. It's something else. <laughs> so um, it's really fun to play, but it does strip away some of the things of a sandbox game that I really like. Like the exploration of the world is... Like I don't really want to explore it because I have already know where everything is. In fact, I know where everything is so well. I've drove around Grand, I've dro- Grand Theft Auto. I've drove around Saints Row 3 so much. I know where things are. Like, I, I'll jump over a building and go, oh, there's Kinsey's place. And it is. Like, like I know that I know it that well. So there's little reason for me to have a look around, apart from, oh, there's the new alien parts. But it doesn't take you long to look around them. I like the way the story goes. I've not finished it, obviously. But you're trying to, like, mess with this guy so eventually you can turn it around. Some of the missions are kind of boring, like... This is this is why I think it feels like a DLC a little bit. Some of the missions are... In the first game, there was um, side missions. Like, go and... Uh, there was a side mission called Fraud, where you had to go and throw yourself into traffic and break your bones. It was, like, just this weird... Throw yourself in the traffic and see how many bones you can break. A rip-off of that other game where you make the person fall and... Yeah, apart. so this was just, like, that. Well, now in this game... They've incorporated, instead of that being a side mission, they'll go like, oh, to progress to the next mission, you need to do ten of those. Which kind of gets to the point where you're like, oh, really, I have to keep doing this? Like, it's... I think they've padded out the length of the game by throwing the side missions as actual things you have to do. So there's a bit of that going on. But as far as it's... I think it's better than the third one. I really like the idea of the virtual world. To me, it's never... I, I like the more serious tone of Grand Theft Auto, and Grand Theft Auto has humour, of course, but they have a more... It's about the story and about the character development. This is just yeah. batshit insane. Like, So if you like insane, this one's for you. Um, the other games that came out this week, I have got them, but I've not played them yet, is Splinter Cell Blacklist, 
which is the new Splinter Cell, which I'm looking forward to playing. I just want to get through Saints Row 4 first. And the third game is XCOM The Bureau, which has been getting really bad reviews this week, unfortunately, but hopefully I will like it, because I do like the XCOM games. Um, I've also been chosen to be in the Killzone Mercenary beta on the PlayStation Vita. Beta Vita? (laughs) You like those betas. And um, it's really good. It's kill. It's a new Killzone game that's coming out next month on the Vita, and it's it's made for the ground up for the Vita. So it uses a touchscreen. It uses the rear touchscreen, and it's the first time I've ever really felt completely comfortable with a handheld first-person shooter. It looks like a PlayStation Three game. It feels like one. The controls are really good. Um, the only thing I've got a complaint about, and you can't really complain, it's a Vita. It's a beta, Vita beta. Um, is that the networking's a bit weird. Like, you can't connect to games all the time, and sometimes it throws you out of games saying your connection's very bad. Now, we're having internet problems this week, so it could be to do with that. It could be just because it's a beta. Aside from that, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it looks really good. Um, it's, it's took a long time for them to actually make the games that the Vita needed for people to buy it. Like, they kind of left it on the back burner for a while, but I feel like now it's coming into its own. And the Vita also, my last piece of news is, it's Gamescom this week, and that's a big video game um, conference in Europe, in Germany, to be exact. Convention? Yeah, like E3. It's like Europe's E3, basically. So, what they did announce this week um, was there's a Vita price drop, which takes effect today, on on Wednesday. It's $199 now, instead of $249. that goes into effect today. They actually gave us the PS4 release date, which I've been waiting for, and that's November the 15th um, to this year. So, And Xbox got up also and had a conference, but they didn't really say much. They didn't give a release date for the Xbox One. They showed a few new games. Some of them looked pretty good. I like the Rise. It's called Rise. It's like a Roman... You're a Roman soldier game. Looks pretty cool. Um... But they didn't really say much else. But one big piece of news they did have was every European Xbox One that is going to be sold out of the launch lineup will get a free copy of FIFA 2014. Now, I'm not into FIFA in the slightest, but I know for a fact Europe, if anybody plays FIFA, and if that's a big game anywhere, it's Europe, because football is huge over there. It's like them giving if they gave Madden away with uh, the American version, which they're not doing. But um, they've decided to put FIFA in every European Xbox One. And I understand why, because Europe, the PlayStation is kind of bigger than the Xbox. It it kind of has been a lot of the time. But by putting FIFA in with the Xbox, they might switch a lot of people. I don't know, it's still expensive. It is, but I think think this... And if the PlayStation 4 is considerably cheaper, and with the game would still be cheaper, then why bother? Yeah, but there's also... FIFA on the Xbox One is going to get this exclusive mode that the PlayStation's not getting. And while that doesn't seem like a big deal, the, I had a look at what the mode is, and the mode is what every FIFA player wants. It's like the, oh, we're going to update the players' names every day, it's always going to be up to date. Ah, oh, right. Uh, and that's the mode, if I was playing that game, that I'd want. And it's exclusive, they're not doing it on anything else, so it could swing those football sports heads, which is... As you know, a lot of people. Sure. Um, so I understand why they've done it. 
Um, but I feel like they should do something like that for the States as well. It, they should at least pack a game in with it if they're going to do it elsewhere. It doesn't seem fair that the US people won't get a game free. They'll survive. No, I just think it doesn't seem fair. I think the. Do you remember the old days of consoles? No. <laughs> well, you probably don't, but no, no, I've bought no. all consoles. But the idea of when you bought a console, back to the Genesis and Super Nintendo days, you always got a game in the box. There was a game chosen, Super Nintendo, it was Super Mario World. Super Mario World was in the box, you opened your console, and you had Super Mario World, probably the best game on the console. And you plugged it in, you played it. You didn't have to have an internet connection, no. you didn't have to wait for any bullshit, you didn't have to download anything, update anything, install anything... It just worked. And you bought the Genesis and you got Altered Beast, which was a terrible game, but at least you got a free game. It was always a free game. There was, as far as I remember, the Saturn had a free game with it. I think it was Virtua Fighter. It wasn't a thing. It was, How about Nintendo 64? That did not have one. Well, I'll see you there. I think that's where it stopped. But when I was a kid, I mean, you bought a console, you got a game. That was just the thing. Dreamcast? Dreamcast had a demo disc. It had disc. Bejeweled in it. And it had a demo disc with bejeweled it. Bejeweled began on the Dreamcast, everybody. It did. On the, it, but, but at least they put a demo disc at least and it had like, you know, that was before you could download them. It had like Sonic on it. Yeah. Something else. Virtua Fighter, I think. Oh no, Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur. But it had like a, something that you could do if you hadn't bought a game. Nowadays, there is not none of that. I mean, and you think nowadays with the downloadable, well, PlayStation 4 and Xbox are giving you some free stuff. But it's downloadable off the website when you get it. But yeah, it's. Um, I think a free game should come with a console. They should just make a deal with somebody yeah, and give a free I game. I don't get free cable with my new TV. I don't get free Netflix when I sign up for the internet. No, I guess not. I don't get free food when I buy a new stove. I don't know. I just think when I you're buying... I don't get a gas tank full of gas when I buy a new car. I feel like when you're buying a game machine and Yeah, but that's what I'm home. saying. I'm applying it to every other real life thing. Yeah, I just think it was a nice thing. When I thing. buy new shoes, I don't get free socks. I really liked it. it was a, I thought it was a nice... <laughs> I understand, but it does. it's not special or anything. It's no, just... but it was a It was a cool thing. And even for me, it didn't matter if it was a demo disc or a full game. Just something that, I, that they give you so you feel, oh, I've got something to do with it. If You know, they cost a lot of money, as you know. Maybe you can't afford a game straight off the bat. A lot of people buy the console and buy one game, don't they? Because that's all they can get, right? So to have another game that was in the box is cool. But yeah, I think we've left that. But like I say, the PS4, you're going to get, if you're a PlayStation Plus member, which you kind of have to be now, you're going to get some free games. The Xbox One, I believe they're giving you some free games. Yeah, they are. There's, well, there you go. Free-to-play games, though. Free-to-play. We're in a different age, aren't we? Because free-to-play doesn't actually really mean that, does it? It means... Here's this thing, you're probably going to like it, and then you'll want to spend some money on it. And yeah. we'll make sure you spend the money, because we'll keep asking you. So that's what that means. So, um, Assholes. So that's my news for this week. Um, so That'd talk- be like buying a new pair of shoes, and every ten minutes, a, some audio pops out of your shoe going, Hey, wouldn't you like some new pants to go with these shoes? Yeah, exactly. Just go to the internet and go, Hey... I feel your sock is wearing a little thin on the back. Hey, we can buy get, you can go to Nike.com and buy some new socks. I mean, that's the thing that games do to you now. That free you're to playing, play is you're playing, irritating. you're playing. I play a lot of tablet games and just cuz they're free, right? You can install, you can go on Google Play and just install all kinds of games and try them out. And I do that just to see if there's anything cool and sometimes I find something cool. But if it asks me for money right off the bat, if it says something like, oh, hey, are you enjoying this? Why don't you pay a dollar and do this? 
I just delete it immediately because it's just like I don't want to get into that. I don't. I'm not going to anyway. I'm not the kind of person who would pay that. But you it, played Mafia Wars for a year without spending one single yeah, I know, penny. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means about you. There's something else but. I play where I could pay, but I don't. Oh, Real Racing on the tablet. It's a racing game on the tablet. It's really good. You can pay and buy new cars and it'd be really cool, but no, I just play it every day, get my points, eventually have enough to buy a car. It takes me five times longer than anybody who pays, but I don't want to pay. I, I mean... But if they give you the option in the beginning, this game's $10, you'd give them $10. Probably. I would, yeah. So they're losing, aren't they? Because they're free to play. Well, are they losing? If right. you, I bet they've done research on the EA and people like that and gone, eh, we could take $10 off everybody, but we'll only sell a million. But if we take $2 off everybody and every give other, it them for free... Every five minutes. <laughs> that's $5 million, $2 yeah. instead. Like, it's it's a racket. racket. <laughs> so, um, Sito, what's for dinner? Today there's going to be pasta. We're going to eat up the homegrown tomatoes that we've been plucking off of the tomato plants on the deck garden, as I like to call it. Pots of tomato plants that have grown to be quite productive over the summer. We've had tomatoes every day. Yeah, which I'm very happy about. Um, pasta, some Morningstar product, which I'm sure someone will be like, oh, they're at Morningstar again. We have a variety in the freezer, so we'll pick something. And some vegetables, which we also have some, and some homemade cookies that I made they're in the fridge that need to be baked so that's re- like flour again the flour the sugar and all that jazz mixed up put in the oven baked little homemade cookies not out of a packet I'm just patting myself I don't ever count out of a packet <laughs> even if it says cut it and bake it I don't count them as homemade cookies anyway some people do no I don't they're, they're just cookies then again the cake mix it, ver- it verges on the homemade because I don't know why <laughs> <laughs> just because you have to stir it around. I have failed at baking cakes out of a box, so I consider that if I can fail at it, it's really at some sort of home cooking along with it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's what's for And your advice before we finish the podcast? My advice is... What did I say was my advice? Oh, yeah. Um, I understand, particularly, you know, in life, there's horrible things that can happen. Sad things, terrible things, traumatic things horrible things we know we're humans we do horrible things to each other but when you scale back from that and don't talk about the horrible things but like on the day-to-day basis someone hurts your feelings someone gets under your skin maybe your husband broke up with you maybe your kids are giving you grief maybe a co-worker has insulted you or you're offended by something i get it but the melodrama that people seem to apply that they've seen, I think that people have seen the way people behave in movies and the way music pulls a lot of deep emotional things out of us or maybe literature has people reacting in ways that are literary. You know, I mean, they're, they're exaggerated. Movies are exaggerated behavior. Sometimes right on the money because some of it taps into real, but a lot, most of it's bigger. And in real life, a big overdramatic reaction isn't appropriate. And it's bullshit. It's not your real feelings. So if someone kind of hurts your feelings and you feel a little bit like, oh, that was shitty, then that's it. That was shitty, and I'm over it. Correct. Not like, oh, well, well, she was really bitchy to me the other day. And then every time someone brings it up, you carry it on and on and on. And then every time you see her, you get the attitude. It's just, it's nothing. A lot of the stuff that you encounter, 
that your pettiness shouldn't be blown out of proportion. It's like the more you get hung up on that little little dramas about things, it's just waste your time, waste my time if I have to listen to you. So I say just, you know, don't be a sucker. Like, don't think that if you watch a soap opera and some chick reacts a certain way, and even if it's subconscious and you're like, I would never act like her, but then think about how you act. And if you're emulating characters on TV, in books or whatever, just think about it. Think there's a little bit of logic up to apply. Do you really give a shit if the neighbor lady didn't like the clothes you put on your kid that day? Like, these are things I hear from people saying, well, she looked in and said, oh, I, I saw those shorts down at the thrift store. Those, those are cute. But obviously, the intention is to make you feel like shit because she's insulting your choice of, who cares? Like, that's like, like yeah, so what? Get on with it. But people don't. They just, then they, it's like snowballs. And people get like, ugh, I just don't like melodrama. So, um, <laughs> let's finish with some melodrama. <laughs> I want to remind you about our website. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> what kind of bullshit is that? Ascoli.com, Sidto.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. I'm over it. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, Stitcher.com. Stitcher. Stitcher. We're on... Um, is it S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R? Yep. Stitcher. Like stitching. Some fabric. Spelled that way for real. Yeah. No letters are missing oh. or anything. <laughs> so you can... Stitcher.com, you can go... Or you can go and get the app on your iPhone, uh, Android device, uh, and you can listen to the podcast through it now. And we are on there. And I've also added a Stitcher applet to the front page of com, so you can always hear the the uh, latest after the show by just pressing the play button. Oh, without having to go to the... Yeah. All right. So that's on the front page if you just want to hear the latest one. Just go to the front page and it's right there on the right-hand side. Handy. Um, you can also email feedback to me at com. Don't email Sid Talk. And stay classy, Mr. Michael Bay. Most would say you're not classy, but I like what you do. It's very classy to watch strippers roll around on the floor. That's very classy. But I know what you're saying. And I'm going to say, think for yourselves. Because if you don't do it, somebody's doing it for you. It's the one and only Nick T. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Cause I've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it. Me be treated like a punk, you know that's unheard of. You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking. Or you and your homies might be lying to chalk. I really hate the trip, but.